Welcome to the Small Town Podcast. This is Season 2. I'm Monica Lacey, and I'll be your host for some engaging discussions with artists working in contemporary art in Prince Edward Island. Each episode focuses on a different medium, and I bring two artists into conversation around it and their process. This town is small as PEI's only artist-run centre, incorporated in 2010, and we are dedicated to helping foster sustainability for contemporary arts practice in this province. This project is made possible via the support of Innovation PEI through the PEI Culture Action Plan. We recorded these sessions on traditional unceded Mi'kmaq territory. Big thank you to Devin Ross at Thin Slice Media for the sound recording, editing, and music. For more information on each of the artists I speak with, please see the show notes for each episode. For this episode, we discuss dance and performance art. When I reached out to Raquel Smith and Megan Stewart to see if they'd be on an episode of the podcast together, I didn't know they had already collaborated. They're both passionate about performing and about community, and we had a great time chatting about big dreams and how to make them real. So just to get started, I'll ask you to introduce yourselves, and and this is like the nutshell introduction, um, and just however you would describe your um, practice. Yeah. Yeah, so whoever wants to start. Um, my name is Raquel Smith. I am from Nassau, New Providence, a small island in the Bahamas. I am a dancer and I also am a marketer. I have a BA in marketing. I came to Holland College um, on PEI to be able to pursue dance, you know, be certified so that when I start to make a noise and tell people this is what I went to school for, they understand what I'm talking about. They respect my craft, they respect my skills, and <clears throat> we can be able to see each other on the same page. Besides that, I'm very energetic. I feel like I'm always positive and optimistic. Um, as an artist, you know, we all, we have our days where it's like, I'm not interested in anything. I don't want to do nothing. But when I get in the zone of working on something that I really want to be focused on, I'm all in. So like I say, I'm a dancer. So like, that's my practice. That's what I love to do. Even though as artists, we always have to have more than one job. That's just the life that we live, the life that we chose. And it really is a, a hustle and bustle you know, career, but I actually love it. I love the adrenaline. I love days where, I don't love it. I love days where I'm stressed out and then I feel like, oh, I have an idea. I'm gonna make this happen, you know, but that's basically me in a nutshell, just trying to just keep on creating. Awesome, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so my name is Megan Stewart. I am a theater artist. I'm from Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. Um, I'm the artistic director of the River Clyde Pageant. Um, I am primarily a director and a producer, but I also act and perform every now and then, and that's kind of like how I got started in theater. Um, and yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Cool. Um, I'm going to use that just to um, jump into the next question, which is like, how did you start with the work that you're doing? What is what has the trajectory of your um, like your art career been like? Mm. Um, the trajectory of my art career, I think, is sort of 
nothing like what I imagined it would be when I was sort of first starting out, like in my late teens or whatever. Um, I got started in theater as an actor. I, you know, caught the acting bug when I was like 10 years old and just wanted to be in all kinds of community productions and local productions. Um, and I think when I was a kid, I like had some vision of myself like on a Broadway stage acting and performing. Um, and as I kind of like went through life and kind of through my career, that image of what I wanted to do changed in a really kind of like wonderful way and really unexpected ways. Um, and yeah, so I didn't go to like a conservatory style theater school. I did a Bachelor of Arts um, and that was in Montreal. I was doing student theater when I was at McGill and then was doing theater after I graduated, finished my BA. Um, and I got a little bit bored of the theater scene in Montreal. And from there, I started investigating other places where I could go and kind of expose myself to different kinds of work. Um, and that's how I found a place called Double Edge Theater in Ashfield, Massachusetts, which is um, a theater company that lives and works on a farm, like a working farm, and they make uh, outdoor performance that's deeply in conversation with the land and the local community there. And it's very spectacular and rooted in physical theater training, um, circus arts, puppetry, design, dramaturgy. And being at Double Edge kind of exposed me to an entirely different way of making work and also of identifying as an artist, um, which I think was really vital and exciting to me. And it taught me actually about like really the process of making your own work and kind of the, the actor as an authoring artist and, and a creative agent. Um, and it was from there, it was from that place that my idea of like what I wanted to be doing in theater really started to transform. And I started thinking like, oh, I want to do more than just perform in other people's shows. Like I really want to be making my own work and I want to be directing people and I want to be directing ensembles. And so from there, I went uh, to Vancouver and I pursued a Master's of Fine Arts at Simon Fraser. And um, it was an interdisciplinary arts program, but I was sort of focusing my studies while I was there on directing and working with ensembles and kind of actually like getting experience um, as a director, which I'd never really done before. And yeah, it was kind of, it was from there that I met my longtime collaborator, Care Wells, who was also from PEI. And we started talking about going back to PEI and starting to make uh, a big outdoor project together. And that's what became the River Clyde pageant. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like that, that was kind of, that's sort of like the, the larger arc. I had also been, you know, from, 2011 onwards, I was kind of in this pattern of coming back to PEI every summer to be involved in some project or another. So it was the very first Crow Parade for Art in the Open in 2011. And then in 2012, I co-founded the Island Fringe Festival, which is still going. Um, so I was 
you know, I, I had this history of kind of coming back or was, I guess, establishing a pattern, I think, of like coming back every summer and being like, what can I, what can I make on PEI? And like, what can I start? And yeah, so the River Clyde pageant was kind of a natural extension of that work that I was sort of had been laying, I guess. Yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah. And yeah. and Double Edge Theater, did you really just, you just found them on the internet? I found like, them on Google. Just, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so just, yeah, some fate stepping in. Totally. To, yeah. 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 Oh, that's really Google nice. always is a good resource. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about how, like, how long have you been dancing and how, how has your... Um, Okay. How was your path? So I've been dancing since the age of four. So it's been a long time. It's been a long time. My mother started me off. Um, So I give her, you know, all the praise because every day she always telling me your path is to dance, is to dance. And at some point in my life, I did have that moment where I'm like, mommy, I don't want to dance no more. And I think it was around the people like the people who were around me at that time, I felt like they were just giving me like this negative energy, mm-hmm. making me not want to be a part of it. So she's like, don't worry about people. You are going to be a dancer. You know, do it because you want to do it. So from the age of four, and I was in the dance school, Bahamas Dance Theater. That was one of my main schools. Um, up until probably the age of 16 or 18, I would say. And even between then, I, would go, I still performed in, I attended, sorry, um, various other dance schools. That way we did like a lot of dance workshops and exchanges. So we learned from different instructors, you know, you learn different styles, and you also meet new people where you build relationships. We also did exchanges in Tennessee, one of our sister schools, Malone Studios. So we were there like for probably like two weeks with our um, exchanges, learning, and just basically having a good time as kids, you know, knowing that dance could be fun, but at the same time, it's also plenty discipline. At that age, discipline was not my best friend. So I always went by what I felt like I wanted to do. But I mean, I still listened. (laughs) Like, that's what (laughs) they had to do but if I was not in that mood I did not do anything at all but I've grown out of that tremendously so I'm very proud of myself <laughs> I've seen the growth um, you're like the most disciplined person I know most disciplined <laughs> but but like I tell you that's because um like when I focus on something I want to do it but when that isn't on my mind that could be out the door um <laughs> I got the chance to meet a lady by the name of Francois Brooks um, in the um, in Nassau. I auditioned for Little Mama's Showcase when she came down to the Bahamas, and I actually made it with me and my friends. So we were her backup dancers. Oh, so wow. I was so excited at that time because I was still in high school. All my friends, all my friends came to watch us perform and dance. And I think it was a year later after that I saw her again to one of her husband's performances because he was a choir director. And I was like, mommy, that's a lady at, um, at the Little Mama Showcase. And when I went to see her and hailed her, you know, it was always just good energy. And she actually offered me a scholarship to get me started out to go to New York for a six weeks intensive program at Harlem Dance Theater. So at that time I was 16. So going to New York by myself, living with a lady that I literally just met, you know, but she came so like really like motherly to me and made my mother very comfortable at the same time. So it was really new to me, of course, 
16, you're living by yourself. I lived with her, but now you're developing a different type of, um, I'll say attitude because New York is very high paced, you know, very speedy. You got to be there on that particular time. Whereas in the Bahamas, everything is slow motion. <laughs> you go on your own pace. I mean, you still have people, um, a very uh what's the word like timely you know but most of the time everybody's always laid back but not in new york so i learned how to catch the the metro the you know the bus all these things really making me independent and it was an eye-opener i learned a lot from her and to this day she's still one of my main mentors that i call oh, wow. check up on her and ask her for advice from time to time and we really have a good relationship i would say 16 to was the age where i started working in hotels and performing um, two of my main instructors, Eliana Mackey and Gail out in Monker, they made sure that me and my friends, we were really exposed. So we started working in hotels, like doing Christmas productions, you know, to know what the performance world was about. And nothing is better than performing and then you're making some money from it. Like, whoa. <laughs> okay, I see That's where this could go. I see where this could go, you know. This little $100 could do a lot for a 16-year-old. Um, and from there, it was just like a love for the stage. I always loved performing on the stage with our um, school shows, but it's a difference to me, like when you're performing for a crowd, you know, at a hotel, for guests, it just was a different energy. And from there, I, I, I feel like I probably performed in most hotels back at home. The dance world is very small. So you tend to meet mostly like people through people because mm. it's so small, right? And then next thing you know, you're performing in the same hotel, we're working on the same stage, mm. or this one is choreographing for a show. So I end up building a lot of relationships through that. And to this day, most I could say all the relationships are still going on. Even though I'm over here, I can always reach back at home and say, hey guys, I'm back in town. You know, what's happening? You know, what dance I need to learn to get into this show? Um, and everybody's always open arms. Like, come on, we need some dances. Yes, girl, let's do our thing. So I'm like always excited. But that was really, I did that for a period of time. I did that, I think, up until I was hmm, probably 24, dancing in hotels. One of my longest hotels I performed in was Ryu. And that started from one show to three shows a week. Oh, wow. So I was really excited for that. And at the same time, I still was going to school. And I also was working in the daytime. So my schedule was and I also was involved in a band, Bahamas All-Star Band, and we did performances as a non-profit organization. So we did a lot of performances and we had rehearsals every Saturday from 3 to 8. So my life at some point really wasn't mine. Um, but it was a good experience. I could really say I enjoy like my teenagers and my early 20s because I was always busy all the time. If I wasn't busy, my mom was like, you're not doing anything today? No, I have a break actually. Like I actually have a break, but it was pretty good. And then I got opportunities to perform with local artists on stage. So I ended up building relationships with, you know, singers. And whenever they have a, a performance, they need backup dancers. Okay, I'm all in. So to be on stage once again, performing for live singers and being able to do what you love at the same time is nothing better than that. 
besides just dancing i also did fire performances oh, cool. so i feel like that was always like an adrenaline rush to be able to play with fire and to see the expression on people's faces when you put the fire on your body it's like you're not getting burned no i'm not you know what um, tools do you use for um, fire? i mainly use torches and fire fans and poise oh awesome. yes i'm still working on blowing fire because you know that could be a little tricky because of you using lighter fluid and all these chemicals in your body so sometimes i tend to stay away from that but Hey, it's the, a crowd pleaser. Exactly Big right. Time. So it's <laughs> like, ah, uh, got to please the crowd. <laughs> but besides, but through all that, I mean, I always loved it. I still do. And that's actually something that I want to be able to bring. Hey, on PI, you know, some fire performances, you know, for shows and events and just to have something new. Um, I decided to come to PEI when one of my very close friends told me about Holland College and that they had a dance program. At that time, I was working at um, one of our telecommunications company, and I was there for a year. And I always had intentions of wanting to study dance, but it just never turned out that way. I ended up going to schools. So I say, you know what, mommy, I'm going to finish because I'm with my marketing degree. I'm so unfinished, so I might as well just do it. And it was always like funds, funds for me. I always, you know, second guess myself. But my mother was always like, no, if you want to do it, let me know. We're going to make it work. So I left my job because I liked it, but I didn't love it. And I didn't have intentions of ever staying there. Um, and I just came. I say, okay, no problem. I had the money that I saved. I used towards my tuition and being able to apply and that's how I got it on PEI. And so far, I graduated 2019 from the SOPA program. And ever since then, I could really say, like, I don't know if it's luck, but I say I pray every day because the people that I've met since I've graduated, it's been incredible. Like, the opportunities and even sometimes if I applied for a festival and I didn't get it, you know, I may apply for the next one and get that one. So I really was able to build a lot of relationships. I ended up meeting Megan through one of my friends, Luke, who told me about River Clyde pageant. And I think Joanna was looking for a dancer. And I ended up, um, con he ended up, I ended up contacting Joanna, made it to the rehearsal. Then I met Megan, and look where we are now. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> okay, yes. And I'm always so open just to be a part of stuff. I never know what, like, what's gonna come out of it. Sometimes I just go with a whim. Okay, need a dancer, no problem, here I am. This is what I could do, I'm available. And from that, it's like, everything just been flowing. You know, and I've just been grateful and just keeping positive and just hoping to build more relationships and that things keep, you know, working itself out. So yeah. that's been my journey so far. And I can't forget in that process of meeting um, one of my other mentors, Mark, I was interested like me and him always talking about business and new ideas. And he was like, you know, what if you create a, a business? I say a business. He said, yeah, like a, like a dance little company. You don't have to be a company, but you know, whereas you could be able to put your name on it. And then I came up with Ocean's Dance. But the name was a process because I ended up talking to my brother and my mother. And he, my brother helped me out. 
he was like, okay, let me search up um, Tans goddesses. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, Google saved lives. Yeah. <laughs> and from that, I was like, yes, I like that. I really do. And that's when I came up, because I was like, I am a goddess. And then based on what I wanted the company to be around, you know, um, uplifting women, uplifting females, you know, empowering them. What better word to use than yeah. that, right? And that's how I ended up getting Ocean's Dance Studios. And from there, things just flew. And I created my first showcase this year with my incredible team that we're probably going to talk about later on. <laughs> and I'm just happy. It's been a good experience. That's so great to hear. Mm -hmm. Wendy, I'm curious when you, so you went to school after you'd already been working as a professional dancer for yes. many years. Did you find that, like, was it hard to be in school and be like, I already know this stuff. I already did this training. Like, or, or was there lots more to learn? Actually, no, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't hard for me. Honestly, if I could be a full-time dance student and get money and perform, I would do that. Because even though I was working back at home, I still try to make time because my job really didn't allow me to have like, you know, nine to fives. You can't really do much during that time right. and only evening classes. So I try to work on my schedule as best as I could to still take training in between right. but when I came here because I was dancing now in classes on a more consistent basis certain muscles that I thought I was using before performing clearly I wasn't <laughs> I'm like <laughs> okay my body is getting adjusted to it again and so that's the only thing I would say like it was new to my body mm. like, even though I did classes and I was dancing every day you're just performing but when you're training you really you know working those muscles every single day have to take care of your body even more Right, you get and the conditioning yeah. exactly yeah. and that's what I end up having to do a lot more as I when I came here to go to school but that was the only thing but I was so excited to be in class because I'm like finally someone get to teach me yeah. I'm diet teaching <laughs> so oh, I was awesome. excited and you so you've trained in lots of different styles right lots yes. of yeah and do you have a favorite that you like, this is this is like how I want to move if I, mm, you know? Like that's a good question. When I first started off, jazz was always my mm. love. Like, I don't know, because probably the music, you know, you have funk and, you know, you could do jazz, any kind of music and it's such strong movement. And my dance school, we also focus on modern. So it was always really about lines and, you know, that upper body posture. But when I came here and learning about Canada is a lot of contemporary dancers and dance companies. So that was, I would say that was one of my challenges. If I have to say um, what was one of my challenges um, in the program was that because I had to learn how to let go. I had to learn how mm. to not think twice about what my body should do. Right. <laughs> and it's like, okay, guys, how do y'all do this? How do you let go? But eventually, as I kept um, doing the classes and the program kept going on, I got a lot more comfortable to let go. So now I tend to think, hmm, it's contemporary what I would go more towards but even when I sit down and think about it I like to fuse my work together so I don't think it would ever just be one style so I like to say and I have to eventually make up a word for what I like mm. because mm. I like to infuse um 
African dance, with jazz, with modern contemporary. Because most of the time, if I listen to a song, it's not going to just be one style. Right. My mind just says, tell me what to do when I just do it. And I'd be like, okay, whatever this could be, however it flows, it works. So for that question, no. I don't have a favorite. I just I infuse kind of, yeah. everything together. Well, that was kind of my guess that, that you would say, like, it's actually my own mix. Mm -hmm. So I take a little bit. But I'm going to make up a word for that. I'm yeah. going to make up my own name for that. Well, when you watch in, like, 50 years, we'll be reading, like, the history yes. of this dance style. <laughs> yes. and, yeah. Let's speak it into existence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk a little, little bit about inspiration. So when you're, you know, Maybe you haven't made some new work in a little while and you're like, okay, I need, I need like, I need to light my fire. Like how, what is, what is the, what is that process? Like getting inspired or like, are you always looking for inspiration? Is it in daily life? Is mm. it, you know, is it a research task? How does, how does that I think it's all of that. It's like, it's, it's certainly the thing of like always being, being open to whatever may arise for sure. And then, yeah, there's also like, I think a significant portion of, yeah, that sort of like gathering research inspiration phase where, yeah, you're like, I, I, or for me, I'm like diving into books or images or, um, yeah, just doing, doing sort of more research that might look like traditional research, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, but certainly it's also, I think for me, a lot of my inspiration also like comes from conversations with my collaborators. Mm. So it's like super, it's very social and it's, it's a lot about like being in a room with people and kind of like jamming on ideas and really like blue skying it and just being like, what could we, what can we dream up? And like, what's really exciting to us in terms of images or ideas or themes we want to explore or um, things that have arisen from past productions I've made. Um, yeah, it's like my work is very collaborative. And so it's not it's not surprising to me that also like a large part of the like inspiration research development phase is also super collaborative and based in and through conversation conversation. Yeah. yeah. And, and like over dinners and yeah, that's, that's very much a part of it too. And, you know, I also like, I have different streams of my work as well. And so, you know, for the, for the work that I do, that's more personal, that's not like big collaborative outdoor theater. I think, there's probably probably that research and like gathering inspiration phase is a lot quieter and mm -hmm. is a lot more based in yeah writing and so what writing, what reading. is what is that like more personal work like what it, what are you working on oh I don't know just like like other pieces that I've done um, that are I'm trying to I'm trying to do more work that is sort of like solo uh, solo show like. Um, more writing based, that kind of thing. So I, I did a piece a few years ago, I guess it's like four years ago, three years ago now called The Future Show, which is an mm. adaptation of um, a theater artist named Deborah Pearson, who kind of created this original idea and then wrote a score 
uh, and it was this score that any other artist could kind of take and write their own version of of this piece and it's a very kind of like scaled back uh, show like it's a it's a performer at a table um, kind of like telling this telling this story of their own future like from the moment of the like end of the performance to the end of their life and so that was that was probably one of the first things I did in the in the last few years where I was like okay this is just me on a stage scaling it back and also like focusing more on on you know myself as a as a writer of performance yeah, um, I saw you perform that and it was yeah. incredible oh, thank it you. was riveting even <laughs> though you just sat there to, like reading pages like I remember that like just being spellbound yeah, yeah yeah so like that was a really exciting process for me and it was kind of the first the first time that I really like let myself go down that that sort of pathway of like me as a as a performance writer and so I'm still working very slowly on on another piece um mm. kind of based around grief and loss I guess yeah yeah so yeah. so yeah so certainly like with that with that um side of my work it's like quiet it's mm. sort of secluded and but uh, but again there's still that conversation element because mm. I'm I'm still bringing people into it and just being like, I want to like kind of jam on this idea or I want some assistance in terms of like shaping it dramaturgically mm. that kind of thing. So when you're when you're working collaboratively, is is it a really loose process? Like, is it really free or do you kind of have a way that you like to work? And I don't know, is there a whiteboard involved? <laughs> what goes on there? I think it's sort of, I think it probably like starts out pretty loose, big, dreamy. And then as you're kind of moving through the process, it has to get a little bit more defined. Mm -hmm. um, because I think if you sort of like stay in this like soupy, like, you know, open to everything kind of right, thing like you, you can never make, make decisions yeah. yeah so so it's I think it's sort of like you're in this big expansive dreamy space and then you're kind of like slowly narrowing down towards uh you know like a a more precise idea and structure and story that and, and when you get to that more precise place like do you have a methodology that you like to use or it's really, I don't know if I can say, like, I don't think there's a prescriptive methodology okay. to, to my work um, because it's so, it's always based in who's in the room. Mm. It's like based in who's in the room, what the, what the ideas are, um, what the kind of like talents and visions and imaginations are sort of all at play. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm never one to be like, this is the process and it's like this every time because mm. it's not, it's right. very, it's very much shaped by the people who I'm working with. Like the, and I love the that. ingredients. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. 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 Mm. That's good. Yeah. I want to ask you the same question, like about inspiration. Like mm. when, when does it come to you? Do you go looking for it? Is it happening all the time? That's what, another good that question like? because sometimes <laughs> my mind is be all over the place. But I would say inspiration. Usually they always say like um, with dancers, um, we rely heavily on music, mm. you know, and music is very 
at least for dancers, we're very dependent on it. And to an extent, I agree with that. So I would say one of my biggest inspirations is music. So, and like how Megan said, sometimes it depends on the, if I, if I apply for something, it depends on the theme, but if I can create it myself, it depends on what do I feel like doing. Mm. And just to say, for example, with my showcase Calypso Secrets, music has to be one of the hardest things for me to decide on. I would sit down for hours and listen to stuff and be like, oh man, I can't find a song. Um, but the thing about it is, I feel like once you find that song, you know from there, it just, it just flows. So that's something that I know for sure it's always a challenge for me. But once I get it, I'm good. I know how I could be able to develop it from there. Also, another inspiration is to watch other, like, Perform performers. So I love to go on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram mm -hmm. sometimes takes over my life. So much amazing I, dance on yes, there. Yes, especially if I'm in that headspace where I need to create. Not, not necessarily saying, okay, I'm going to take this person step and do it just like that. But if we all know in order to grow, the more classes you take, the more performances you're a part of or you watch, you're able to be inspired or, you know, you're able to pick up on that style you know growing up i like i said i really did jazz so jazz was something that my teachers were very strong on as well so i developed their style but just made it into my own now so it's the same way to me like when i watch a bunch of videos on instagram and it most of the time is the i i most of the time the music that they have i'm like where do they find the song so i end up downloading the song mm -hmm. and i try to look like I, I i look at different other songs from that artist to see if it would be anything else i might be inspired from and then when i look at their movement i'm like okay i like how they're flowing to this i feel that energy now let me think about what i want to do and how can i be able to probably recreate that and make it into my own so i always be influenced by the music watching performers um and i would say that's basically basically it most of the time like i say it goes off of the theme or if i'm creating something for myself how do i feel or what kind of style do i want to you know lean more towards and um, i just go based on that and the creative process usually happens um in the nighttime because I'm a night owl, mm -hmm. literally. So it usually happens in the nighttime where I'm like, okay, I can't sleep because I'm just thinking about this dance <laughs> and what should I do after that? And I'm like, okay. And I'm and I just up. I'm just up, just thinking about the the steps. When I did the um, Calypso Secrets, I literally had to be four people in my own head. And at that time, it's probably one o'clock or two o'clock in the nighttime. And I am not lying. I'm up actually thinking about a formation, how that's going to work with us four people. And what can that person do? And what can that next person do to switch it up? And then I go to my bed and I'm good. But if, if sometimes if it doesn't work in the nighttime and I realize, okay, I'm getting a, a block, I go to bed very early <laughs> and I wake up the next day and if I have three hours in my day to spare, I'm just up creating. I'm like, okay, this is working with me. Mm -hmm. You know, usually usually if you feel like you have three hours in the day, then you have to go to your next job. It's like low stress and anxiety and panic. 
but sometimes that helps me. I'm like, okay, I got three hours. I got to really listen to this music, figure it out, what I want to do. And then mm. I just start moving and figure out what's, what, what works and what doesn't work. And most of the time throughout this whole um, pandemic when I was creating the show, that was my main method of how I came up with most of those <laughs> steps in, um, that, I were, that I was able to put together not during the night and my three hours in the daytime to spare and make it happen. But most definitely music and watching other performers. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, something I was curious to ask you both is like with your work being so, so about space and like moving through space, like is it challenging to find spaces to like develop work in or, or do you find you can do it just like in the space, like in your home or, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a good question because I do think there is a real lack of spaces on PEI where you and can we communicated a lot through this performance. Yeah. 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 Like I think there just, there just isn't that kind of thing. It's, it's hard to be a, it's hard to be a performing artist because, you know, sometimes your work gets constrained by the spaces that you have access to, mm. which is hard. Um, so if you only have access to your bedroom, like that is kind of the size of your work. So it would be amazing if there were more accessible kind of like workshop spaces and yes. studio spaces and stuff for, for dancers, for theater makers. Um, and I think, you know, those things are, will, are developing and more spaces are cropping up, which is good. Like there's certainly way more dance studios now than there were, say, like 10 years mm -hmm, ago. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I think those performance spaces are coming too. But I mean, my answer to it has just been like, well, I'm going to work outside yeah. and I'm going to, you know, if I can't get access to a traditional stage, I don't need that traditional stage. And I'm just mm. going to kind of like make, you know, the whole outside world into my stage. And that was certainly like, you know, when we when we started the Fringe Festival in 2012, we we're like, well, you know, we just want to like sort of explode the theater out of these black box spaces and we want to put it in parks and, you know, cafes and, you know, on the waterfront and in old attics and, you know, like that was really exciting for us. And, and I think that continues to be like a really exciting thing yeah. for me too, in terms of where, where performance lives. Like I, I find that there is a, yeah, there's just like an entire other level of vitality um, and vitality and spontaneity and kind of magic that can happen by by placing performance outside in conversation with an environment and in conversation with the people who are involved in it and are, or are coming upon it and the weather and all of that like I agree 100% yeah and there's something I think that like people are able to be more intimate with it because of that too, because there's mm -hmm. not the formality of like sit in your seat in the theater and behave in a certain way. Totally. So it, I think it's easier to identify with and imagine maybe you could even be involved in that or you could move in yeah. space that way or, you know, you could create something that is, 
you know. Yeah. I think it ignites people in a different way. Yeah, yeah. and I think that that's kind of been one of the exciting things, seeing, seeing like, the Fringe Festival take off in such a way, and also seeing the pageant kind of establish itself as well, is just, like, that both of these projects sort of offer people an invitation to think about theater in an entirely different way and to, yeah, I think, like, see themselves as, yeah. like, active participants and authors of it, that it doesn't have to happen on the Confederation Center stage, that it can have, like, absolutely the same amount of, like, legitimacy and creativity and, like, and artistic risk, too, yeah. outside yes. of those spaces. Yeah. So. Maybe even more. Maybe yeah. even more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you two collaborated in, you were in the pageant, right? Yes. And then you collaborated on another yeah. on my On my showcase, oh, okay. uh, Calypso Secrets. Okay. Because um, when I sat down, um, one of my friends, um, the showcase ended up being built from when I applied for pounding the pavement and nice. okay. I had two options and I spoke to one of my friends Tanya who's also a part of pounding the pavement she's a comedian and I asked her for some advice and I was like which concept should I go with I had two it was either a Bahamian show or uh, the oceans concept that I had she's like you know what I think you should go with this one because you could be able to build a show from that Mm. I say, I was like, you're right, <laughs> I could. And from then, I literally just kept building on it. I That's the showcase, sorry, that's the concept that I submitted. And it just had nothing on from there. And like Megan say, with the space was one of the difficult things for me too during that time, because it was in July. Of course, you know, you have the pandemic going on. So literally my first rehearsal was in my apartment, in my front room. Thank God at that time, it was only me and my friend. There was only two of us because no one else could fit, I feel like, mm -hmm. <laughs> if we would have been jammed up. And after that, I had to think of ways that we could have been able to rehearse. So it's you know, in the park or try to find some outdoor space because at that time, um, none of the dance, um, the dance studios were open. They weren't allowing nobody right. in. So that was the next thing I had to think about you know, um, but everything worked out. Everything worked out. And after, the, during the process of creating and I started to think about the show, I was like the perfect person for this, like no exaggeration would be Megan. I say, if she is produce her own shows, I need her on my team. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so I messaged her ASAP and we booked a, we set a time and day where we met. We went in receivers, we had a good conversation that day. And literally since then, we just was planning the concept that just kept going. And she, she gave me some good advice of other people to reach out to. We ended up getting Grace Kempinski and um, Tamara Steele, who I love so dearly. You know, from I met her at the Diversity Festival, her energy and our yeah. relationship has always been good. And I must say, like, I don't even know what, what to say. I must say, but I don't know what to say. But she's an awesome person. And we were able just to come together and basically set up the whole concept of certain things that we need for a show, to put mm -hmm. to put on the show. I, I've learned a lot through them. Um, I'm still learning to this day. But I could really say those these three ladies... 
they're the best. Like, if nobody knows, I know for myself, they are the best. Thank you, boss. Yes. <laughs> they well, are the best at what they do, most definitely. That, that's a shout out for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, no, when I was planning, like, I knew I wanted to do an episode of the podcast on performance and on dance, and I knew I wanted to have you on. Like, I've been following what you've been doing. I was like, yes, I want to I want to talk to her and, and hear, like, Thank her you. perspective and everything. I was like, who's the other guest? And then I was like, whose energy would really match? And then I thought of you, and I had no idea that you had worked together oh, already. Yeah. But yes. I was just like, yeah, their energy would really fit you know i feel like they have the same kind of enthusiasm and they like yes you know. i love megan yeah <laughs> so that was just a really cool um coincidence to find out that you actually were already working together yeah, and already knew each much. other i feel like so we had a really awesome collaboration yeah. this summer and we did it was like it was kind of it was definitely like a dream team in terms of yeah. like producer events like expertise and making it all happen it was like so smooth too that's the other thing i was like wow this really just and even together. and even when it came to space i was like okay megan um one of the we end up finding the studio but you know at the end they you have a budget right and that's the next thing when it comes to space so with expense you know a lot of studios are very expensive so you want to be able to find something that you could be able to afford but you still only could have a certain amount of you know rehearsals in there mm -hmm. because you have a budget and you know megan reached out to me and she's like you know what i'm at this big space and i have this for the week you come down with the girls and practice and then it's me this is awesome megan <laughs> that way that at least for that week we didn't have to be outside you know either um on the grass or the concrete to rehearse so it was a really it was really good and the girls actually didn't like the space they was like wow this is plenty of space. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, when we were working on the in the seaport on the yes. block oh, for wow. the open, and we had that like this huge amazing. space, and it was just like we mm -hmm. could just fill this whole yeah. thing with artists right now. Yes. So it, it would be it would yeah. be cool if the if the port rented that space on a regular yes. basis because yeah, <laughs> whoever's yeah. listening to this, <laughs> take note. It was it was really a value. Yeah, it was really good. So. I feel like uh, artists who, you know, are are painters or, you know, are photographers or other things like there's there's something about performing that other artists like don't really like it's like this whole other world. And even though we're both artists, there's there's something about putting yourself physically in the work that to me as a visual artist is like so terrifying and he, you know I, I grew up studying dance and I was on stage like performing but I was always like I always wanted to put me in the back like put me in the choreography in the back <laughs> you know I never wanted to be um like the spotlight like that and I'm just curious if you know is that something that like drives the work like is it is it a part of you know who you are and you want to express it and so it comes out through the art or is it just like necessary so you do it a like, desire to it, be in the spotlight yeah like to to perform like is it mm. like would you do it even if it wasn't um how can i put this like if you were in a group of friends would you be the one like telling all the stories and you know like hey let me show you some stuff like is it just something that has to come out of you 
or is it like no I've chosen performance so like I'm that's not what I really wanted you know mm. but I'll do it you know is it reluctant or is it like it's happening no matter oh what God. the context um, is if that makes sense yeah, yeah I mean I don't know I don't think I'm the I'm definitely not the type of person who is like always performing and is always at the center of attention mm. in a group absolutely not um but certainly like I think I think I enjoy acting and I'm able to do it because or it's easier when there's the safety I guess of inhabiting a character mm. so there is like a bit of a transformation right. so that it's happens. not actually you yeah, yeah. like it mm. feels like there's a bit of mm. yeah there's there's a there's a separation that like allows allows you to kind of like get up on stage and and do something like that it's harder in more personal work like thinking about mm. doing the future show like that was like excruciatingly vulnerable and like very very challenging to do um but yeah I guess in that case you sort of like rely upon the like structural pieces that you that I have created of like okay like I'm sitting at this table I've got this binder I'm reading this script like that that's kind of like the thing that I don't know that you pour yourself into, I guess. Right. Like you um, anchor in the in the motion. You anchor in script, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think I mean I moved towards directing because yeah, I just felt this sort of change in in myself in being less interested in in being the performer actually mm. and like wanting to wanting to be the person kind of like directing the overall mm. picture and visioning it and making it come to life in that way. So, yeah, I've, I definitely am now feel like feel much more comfortable as a director. I think there's like a whole other set of neuroses mm -hmm. and things that you have to like <laughs> bring with that role for sure. Uh, but it's different than that kind of like, oh my God, I'm in the spotlight uh, mm. kind of mentality, I guess. No, I, I ask that question because I'm always so like in awe of people who do perform and are, mm -hmm. are just so comfortable with it. Yeah. And I, like, I don't, I don't feel that in myself, but yeah. I'm just like, wow, like, the, you know, it's amazing to me. <laughs> I'm a little <laughs> bit of both, I think. I feel like no matter how much times I perform or I, before I go to perform, I always have jitters. I'm always nervous. I'm like, okay, we're going to get this. We're going to do good. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm a little bit of both, but I feel like I was born to be on stage. That's just my mindset. Mm. I was supposed to be on stage and I'm supposed to be dancing, you know, and I think I tend to be, hmm. I guess I could say I tend to be a little bit more comfortable or I draw more towards a lot of group performances. For some reason, I don't know if it's just me always wanting to just have people involved and doing things, but rather than having a lot of solo performances, I feel like in, at the end of the day, if I'm a good dancer, you know, people are going to recognize that. So when it came to even my showcase, I wanted to be a part of it because I love to dance. Yeah. You know, I didn't need a focal point 
just on me because it's my showcase and at the end of the day it's not really about me so that's my main thing but if I'm dancing probably for a company you know you're on stage with a bunch of different other people so you really gotta you know push and perform to the best of your ability um, in terms of directing like Megan said I also feel like I channel that as well. Uh, <laughs> I like to create. I, um, besides performing, I like to create. And I think I'm good at that. You know, I like things to be a certain way. And I like to think of ideas. Even when I watch other performers on stage, I'm already like, wow, how did they do this? I wonder if I could be mm. able to do that as well or like switch it up in my head. So I'm, I'm already creating even if I'm not even aware that I am. Or if I hear someone else concept about something that they wanna do, I'm like, you shouldn't do that. You should do this, <laughs> you know? Um, sometimes I can't, I can't rain on anybody else parade because that's their vision. But if it's up to me, I'm already thinking in my head, you know, it should be this way because it may flow a lot better unless they ask for my advice. So deep down inside, I feel like eventually, you know, I I am going to I feel like I'm, I'm going to be that person like in the back and not be seen on stage. But for as long as I could be seen on stage. I want to be seen on stage. Yeah, that's just oh, that's beautiful. And yeah. you should be. And you that, should like, be. That yeah. joy like radiates yeah. off you when Thank you're dancing. You. Yeah. Like, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. 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 No, anytime I, I land, I like haven't been lucky to see you actually in person dancing. I've just seen videos, but every time I'm like, I watch it and then I turn it off. I put some music on. I'm like, I gotta move. <laughs> like you inspire me. Um, Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, like yeah, the joy just comes through and like it's just so like free and yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. When I'm on stage, I feel like I tend to zone everything out. I'm just like just dancing. Like I have to get this, I have to get this step. <laughs> I'm just in the, I'm in the zone, like a hundred percent. Yeah, it, it comes, it's obvious, it comes through that you are. Um, so my kind of last couple of questions are, what are, like, what are you working on now or like working toward? And, and then like part two of that question is like the big dream. What is like the, the big, like, you know, mm. perfect world, like call it in. Hello. Okay, universe, listen to this. Here's what I want. Universe better start yeah. listening right now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you can start with either one of those. Um, okay, yeah. So right now I am, I guess, working on, working on a couple things. Um, I'm trying to figure out like what the pageant might do as a first um a first project for winter so mm. we we had planned kind of like pre-covid that fall was going to have workshops and maybe lead towards kind of like a, a an outdoor parade and we have had to scale that back a little bit um but i think there's still a possibility that that will likely do something around the solstice uh this this winter um and then i'm also kind of working towards next summer's river clyde pageant which is is going to be the show that we had planned for this year that we mm. basically had to postpone um but i'm i'm pretty certain that this the like structure and story is gonna you know be 
absolutely like transferable to next summer and we may have to do just like a few adaptations to the process but probably not much so working on that kind of long term yeah what's the like so like what's the, the, the big um, the like big dream. the impossible it's not dream. impossible but like the big huge dream is just sort of like more uh integration in like the work of the river clyde pageant is is happening kind of through the year in a much more active sense so that we've got you know we've got the sort of workshops and programming leading towards a summer production and then We'll take a little break. The end of summer, we'll then like fall will happen and we'll do, we'll kind of like start up with a different arm of workshops and programming going into a, a winter event. Um, yeah, and that we're also doing kind of like more satellite events in other communities, which we've started working towards in the last, in the last year and a bit, which has been really exciting, like taking smaller smaller versions of the show on the road. Um, so that's been super fun. Uh, so I want to have more of that happening. I want to have like more integration of food and farming into the pageant process. Um, and yeah, just kind of like growing our community and our audience and our network of participants. And I think also continuing to sort of like work on mentorship and like bringing bringing all of the like kids who have been involved in the pageant for the last five years of their lives like getting them into kind of like even more active roles as as folks on the creative team and just like continuing to kind of like diversify and strengthen our creative team um those are yeah those are the big dreams that sounds so doable it's totally doable yeah it's like oh yeah it's already well on its way yeah 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 i do (laughs) that's the track of it all yeah that's exciting and it makes me excited just for the community to know that that's um something that you're working toward because it engages so many people and yeah it's such a gift to this island yes so yeah that's really great. Yeah. So what are you working on? So you just fin- just finished your showcase, yes. like very recently. I so was taking a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, so much deserved. A mental vacation. Um, but right now, I'm really just putting pen to paper. Um, I spoke to Megan about this and um, Tamara and Grace that I wanted to be able to put the Calypso Secret Showcase on the road, do like a mini tour. I've never done that before. But I feel as if that... Um, I just can't do the show once. I felt like I put a lot of work into it. And if I could be able to perform that various places within PEI, um, that would be like the most amazing thing to me right now. The fact that I could be able to, I feel like I already did my first step. I made my own showcase. So the next step for me is if I could be able to, you know, let that grow and let other people see in these places that, hey, you know, we have this company, we perform various places, you can hire us, you know, um, that would really mean the world to me. And I end up thinking about it while I was on my vacation. <laughs> I was supposed <laughs> to have this mental break, you know. Um, I was like, I've seen so many small companies come to PEI and perform in the theaters here. And I'm like, okay, why can't I do that? You know, I already have something is, I feel like it's a good length show. You know, it's very, it, I feel like it draws people in. So why not just be able to, you know, carry that 
to these various um, different places so that people can see. Um, so really that's what I'm trying to do now and I'm still working on, I want to be able to put it on in PEI again, hopefully, um, sooner than later. Cause I want, like I say, I feel like it should come back. I feel like, mm. you know, we need to see more dance and well, it was sold out too, right? So, and I was, yeah. don't, don't cost me cry. Don't cost me cry. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, and I feel like it was, it was like so much good feedback. So why not do it again? You know, some people probably weren't able to see it. So, you know, you like you you have these shows such as like not, I'm not saying that um, at least I'll put it into the universe. You know, my show probably one day could be as big as Anne and Green Gables. You know, where that could be able to run all summer. You know, I have big dreams mm -hmm. like that. So I'm gonna keep speaking it and put it into existence. So for the big idea, at least for me personally, I want to be able to. Um, do a little bit of everything. I want to be in the back. I want to be creating. I want to be on the stage. I want to be performing. I want to be able to conduct workshops in various places um, and just be able to perform and even, you know, be a spokesperson. If it's an art workshop or, you know, an art conference and speak about dance and speak about how I was able to do what I've done so far and the process that I've come about. Um, yeah, and I like I said, I like to involve other dancers. So with my company, I don't have a set. I don't have set dancers, but eventually, I'm hoping that one day I could actually have set dancers. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm able to just grow with them. They're able to grow with me. We could go so much places, and and so forth. So that's what I see in the bigger, the bigger picture. You know, I want to really be able to reach out to as much, even perform in Montreal, perform in Ontario, um, and just carry oceans all over. Doable. That, yes. like, yeah, that all feels like it's already happened. It's already well on its I way. See it. I see yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. And are you teaching? Do you teach as yeah, well? So yeah, right now I am teaching. I teach at Island Gymnastics. Oh, okay, cool. So, yes. Um, and, like, in the long haul, you know, I feel like me opening up a dance school, you know, that, that also is possible. But I... The day that I decide to do that, I know I want to be concrete of where I am because mm -hmm. I want to be really involved in my dance school. I want to see it grow. I want to know the students, the parents. So me trying to do so much other things right now in terms of me being there, me being here, I'm not able to, uh, you know, solely focus mm -hmm. on that. So if I could be able to do private lessons in the meantime, I have no issue doing that. I also, you know, do that on the side. But I feel like a dance school will always be there for me mm -hmm. when I'm supposed to do it. Yeah, when you're ready. Yeah. yeah. Are you teaching dance at Island Gymnastics or teaching dance. gymnastics? Okay, cool. Yes. I didn't know they had dance classes. Yeah, they do. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, both of you, for this conversation. It has, yeah, it has inspired me and made me excited to see future collaborations, yeah, which yeah. are almost certainly I'm happening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now talking. Yeah. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being a part of our community. For more information about This Town is Small and the work that we do, as well as our current programming, please go to our website, thistownissmall.com, or follow us on social media 
on Instagram at This Town is Small PEI and on Facebook at This Town is Small. <laughs>